This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Philly, we live in one of the poorest big cities in the country, I'm speaking with someone who's tasked with getting 100,000 Philadelphians out of poverty within the next three years. It's Thursday, December 15th, 2022. I'm Trinae and this is CityCast Philly. Michael Banks, you're the executive director of The Promise, You call it one of the first of its kind, this like coalition of public and private businesses and community leaders. What actually is The Promise? So The Promise itself was birthed out of an initiative out of uh, Philadelphia City Council, trying to move 100,000 people out of poverty. But as you know, in order to do so, you need some type of initiative or program that takes place. So The Promise was one of the many initiatives that are going to come out of City Council in hopes of being able to successfully move 100,000 people out of poverty over the course of the next three years. What are the contributing factors to poverty? Well, I think there's an overall systemic failure, right? It's like we talk more about the impacts of redlining, right? We talk about the, the spatial isolation that takes place when the jobs leave certain parts of the city and the city doesn't necessarily have a plan for other individuals to be able to access those jobs, right? You know, Philadelphia at one point had a lot of factories, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of those factory and manufacturing jobs went away and the individuals that were in those roles could not go out to the suburbs to continue their employment. Or you run into the issue of what we call like that last mile where there's no public transportation to take you into the new job centers and into the job markets. You know, and then you just have a lot of the other, you know, things that take place from a political standpoint where, you know, folks come into certain communities, they're able to uh, pick and choose how they want to invest in the folks that are not homeowners and are renters. They typically get pushed out of these communities and oftentimes it's the communities that have the exact same problem that they had left in their previous community. So um, there's a lot of <laughs> factors right. that really go into, you know, creating poverty as we see here in the city of Philadelphia. But I would say the key things are definitely um, the job displacement, the redlining and the individual's inability to get to a lot of the places where the opportunities exist. What other areas of a person's life or a household are impacted by poverty. We're talking about things as simple as, again, getting into the job market. You know, we've seen a lot of you know evidence now that's become more mainstream where depending on your name, uh, your zip code, those things become disqualified for an individual's ability to even get back into the job markets, right? Uh, you look at the quality of education that you're able to have access to in particular communities, right? And so if you have all these areas of an individual's life, you know, underinvested in or not invested in and, and they're unable to get out. Right. And it also increases the likelihood of a lot of the what I would like to say are things we see that are eye catching in the news and the headlines. And we talk about a lot of the violence within the cities. We talk about how people are conducting themselves. And unless you're in a particular situation, it's kind of hard to understand why a person may make a certain set of decisions. And one of my favorite examples of that is actually a movie, you know, Trading Places. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, it's um, based in Philadelphia, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what was fascinating about that movie is that it's still relevant today. It's easy for us to look out of the window, to look at the news, to see someone on the street and make an assumption about them because we don't have to make the decisions or the lifestyle that the individual has to live. But when a person's life is flipped upside down, you will be shocked at the distance people will go to do things as simple as put food on their table to try to provide, you know, for their families. You know, there's there's not a lot of things that an individual want to do, but fortunately, most of us are not in a position to have to make that type of decision. Michael, can you talk about the challenges someone experiences to get themselves out of poverty? Yeah, and I don't want to speak for everyone. I can speak for some of the people that, you know, that I grew up alongside. And I think you're 100% right. Like, you know, I can even draw from my own experience with my brother, Tony. When we were trying to get jobs, right? We're probably about, I don't know, 16, 17-ish. And we will walk into Center City because of bus time. It would just be off and things of that nature. And after like 20 applications and 20 times people saying no, if you do that every day or every week, after a while, you just begin to feel defeated. And you have to keep pushing through those situations in order to turn a corner and find the right opportunities. And that's more true for a lot of the families that are out there, right? If you go to get access to some type of service or benefits, you know, these are individuals that are often not in salary jobs. They're working hourly, you know, opportunities. And every hour that they're not at their job, that's an hour they're not being paid to go do things like try to get access to benefits, try to figure out if there's a program to help them offset their electricity costs. Like that's on the individual to make all those appointments, balance their life, try to get their kids to school, try to put food on the table and try to get a lot of the things that are not within their particular community, like going to the supermarket. Right. If you look at Philadelphia on the map, like something as simple as I need to have groceries. And the only thing I have access to is the corner store. And in that corner store, there's not the dietary options I need. So whether I'm lactose intolerant or I can't have sugar, those options are not typically available in a lot of these small mom and pop store. And as a result, everything for that individual becomes more time sensitive and it takes a lot more time. So now you talk a lack of time and a lack of, of dollars. And you kind of see with that equation, you know, how that equation continues to play out over time. It's been a year. What has The Promise done in its first year? Yeah, so in the first year of The Promise, we really focused initially on the family stability work. And I'll give you one of my favorite examples of that was of what I mean by that. You know, in the old model, the individual that needed, you know, services will go to an organization. They say, I need help with X. The person connects them to X. Mm-hmm. But then they need help with Y. And I say, Y is, is, is housing support. That same individual, they remember to take all of their paperwork, to get to the next appointment, make a phone call, find wherever the location is, take off more time from work, and to get in front of that individual in hopes of being able to get access to those, you know, uh, the benefits and services. With this model, we've changed the the responsibility equation, if you will. So now that person does not have to worry about did I remember my birth certificate, my driver, like everything is a part of their profile, and it's sent to our partners, and our partners reach out to those individuals to make sure that they've successfully moving along and getting access to all the solutions that they need for their family in hopes of being able to, again, as the word says, stabilize their families. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. How do you ensure, though, that, you know, you keep things sensitive? So last week I spoke with Philadelphia Magazine editor-at-large Ernest Owens about the concept of poverty porn, like this idea that people or organizations kind of benefit from like the social economic plight of people or like the lack of understanding. How do you ensure that the promise, you know, keeps itself in check and not, you know, kind of follow this like savior complex? Yeah. And and I think there's a lot of parts to that. I think one area that I think leads up to a bigger solution is how the type of table that you build, right? I think in the past, we've seen a lot of tables built by people within the organizations only that had a desire to do work, but it wasn't necessarily informed, right? What we've done with this work is we didn't just take the opinion of the United Way and what we believe to be true. We didn't just look at the work that the consultants produced for us to tell us what was most feasible and most impactful. We centered these conversations with the community voice literally at the center of it to make sure that the community was holding accountable, make sure that we had that transparency and make sure that the solutions that we brought forward weren't just things that that were just important to us, but important to the actual community members. But I think it becomes dangerous when a person sets out to do work to do something on the behalf of community and the community is not there and there's no accountability metrics in place. So we want to make sure that when we approach this work, that we try to mitigate a lot of those risks. And I would say the other part is, you know, again, that the leadership of the work, like it, you have to have folks, I firmly believe that in leadership that really understand the problem, not just academically, but bring some either lived experience or some other type of experience into the equation to make sure that the work that we're doing is as authentic as we state for it to be. And, we, and we've seen organizations, big and small, help with reducing poverty. But it like it can get overwhelming and it takes a lot of resources. So what are some of the most important things that keep getting missed? Yeah, I will say what often gets missed. I think there's an, a missed opportunity in awareness. Right. And what I mean by that is you can set out to do good work. But what is the value of good work if the individuals in the community need it most are completely unaware that you're doing this work? I mean, we see it all the time. Everybody says, oh, we're making this pledge or we're doing this amazing thing on behalf of the community. And then you go to the community like, I don't even know how to connect to that. I don't even know that was taking mm. place or I was completely in the way that it was ever even happening. So I think that that's an area that's often missed. I think there's an educational component that is often missed. Right. It's one thing to tell an individual that you can get a tax credit or we use this, you know, whatever vernacular we choose to use. But what does that mean to the common individual that is experiencing poverty like tax credit? That's a loaded word. So having individuals with the skill set to unpack terms like that and be able to explain it in a way that the individual needs it the most is fully able to understand what they're trying to accomplish on their behalf. I think that is part of it. And and I would say another part of it is just patience. Right. When you have investors and you have people committed to this work, 
it's easy to say we want this amount of people out by X amount of time. But what we've learned in this work and in any body of work that you typically do is that you have to be willing to adjust and you have to be willing to, you know, get into this investment for the long term. This is not a one year in and out type of situation, but you have to commit to the work. And I think that is often the disconnect in with anyone that desires to do this type of work is how committed are you going to be to this over time instead of just the short term? And speaking of that, what does the next year look like for The Promise? Yeah, so we're still, we just actually uh, started rolling out the year two of the family stability work. We're still in the midst of doing the year one of the Jobs and Opportunity Challenge, which is focused on record clearing. And the city of Philadelphia is over 300,000 people with either arrest record or conviction, right? If a person is arrested and they're found not guilty, there's an additional step that person has to take, even though they're found not guilty, which is going through an expungement process. Um, oftentimes, an individual may not know this. They may not have the resources to go through this because there is a cost associated with this type of work. And they might not even have the relationship. So we're making sure that individuals that need their record cleared so that they're not guilty reflects as a not guilty on their record and they can go back into the workforce. And we have a few things right now that we're talking to community partners about, talk to our board about um, so that we can bring these things forward. But all of these things are going to be informed by what we've learned. So I'll say the next phase of this work is really implementing the things that we're learning from year one to better, to show up better on behalf of the community that we represent. And the thing I will say that's really cool about this work, Nate, is the fact that when you look at where poverty is, that's where our clinics are located. That's where our partners are located. This is not a center city initiative. We are in the hood. We are on the block, making sure that the people that need this work the most and need access to these resources are able to get connected. Michael Banks, Executive Director of The Promise. Thank you so much for being on CityCast Philly. And thank you for having me. For more information about The Promise, check out the links in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. State Representative Amon Brown, representing the 10th Legislative District in West Philly, is expected to launch a run for Philadelphia mayor on Friday. According to The Inquirer, Brown is the latest Democrat to announce a campaign and the youngest candidate. Former City Controller Rebecca Reinhart, Grocer Jeff Brown, no relation, retired Judge James DeLeon, and former city council members Alan Dom, Derek Green, Helen Gim, Maria Quinona Sanchez, and Sherelle Parker also launched campaigns for the city's top job. And the School District of Philadelphia students and staff will have to wear masks for two weeks after they return from winter break. WHYY reports that along with masking, the district is providing families with free at-home tests. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Tell a friend about this episode, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Tell a friend about the show. Rate. Whoa.